Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 2, Episode 48. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. If you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Alright, we'll, we'll be dissecting all of our WA domestic sports. Uh, we're going to start off with our AFLW teams and in particular we're starting off with the Fremantle Dockers AFLW team. Look, take it to the ground. What a tackle from Tuha Garena on her debut. Will she create a goal? Antonio's got some wheels. She'll take them on. Banana along the ground. Oh. The beater it does. What a remarkable goal to get us started. How do you like it? Ebony Antonio. Wowee, and they just have not had the start that they would have wanted to from a Fremantle Dockers perspective. Uh, they were beaten by Geelong 3-9-27 to 0-1-1. It is actually the lowest score in AFLW history. And their solitary point was also scored only late in the final term. The Cats' defence has been miserly. Uh, they, they've actually conceded just one goal in the opening two rounds. So they were going up against a top-quality team, but nonetheless, to score only one point on your home deck, uh, it's just not good enough. Uh, for they conceded four scoring shots, five scoring shots, and two goals won over the remaining three quarters after a 0-0 score at quarter time. I will put in context, though, that as people well know, Saturday was quite windy, uh, so not, not really best the best playing form, uh, and it was a little bit rainy too, but uh, yeah, I don't know. To only get one one scoring shot, yeah, I don't know. That's, that, that's just not enough. That's just not enough. And the key stat uh, was clearly a 5% inside 50 efficiency from Fremantle up against Long's 52%, and they lost the contested possessions by 22. Kiara Bowers, she was unreal, and she fought all day. She had 18 disposals, 12 tackles, and seven clearances. Two of Geelong's three goals actually came from errant clearances from Fremantle's defensive error. So it wasn't even good form. It was poor mistakes, poor kicking, and giving the ball back to the opposition. So yeah, just the, just the fact that they had a 5% inside 50 efficiency from their 20-plus inside 50s, it's just not good enough. Um, it's it's not what we expect from Fremantle. And it sounds harsh and, you know, pr- pretty... Pretty unfair, you could possibly say, but they've been up for so long. We have very high expectations of Fremantle. They got whacked last week against Brisbane in Brisbane. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's against Brisbane. It's up there at the Gabba. But then home game, and they're just not showing what 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 we would hope and expect from them. Of course, you know, you can have the, the truth. It's not an excuse. It's the truth. Uh, both the Antonios are out, both Kara and Ebony. Massive losses, but you've still got your captain. She's there, Hayley Miller. You've still got one of your best bulls in Kiara Bowers. She's there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. that They are going to have to do some uh, some soul-searching, some fact-finding uh, to get ready to play their next game, which is, unfortunately, not getting any easier because they're playing the Western Bulldogs on Friday night at Icon Park. So, yep, onwards and upwards. All you can do is look up and look for small little bits of improvement, uh, which is, of course, which is what they'd be hoping to do. And the big thing would be to try to increase their inside 50 efficiency, getting shots on goal and getting scores. All right, from a Fremantle perspective, we're out, and we're going to now move on to the West Coast Eagles AFLW team. So one thing you've got to do, you'd be on the move as a forward. Hooker throws it on the boot. 
Over the head of Van Dyke. She's under the pump now. Schmidt with a snap. Schmidt's all class. And there is no substitute. Just quickly want to touch on Kelly Gibson. Unfortunately, she's going to miss the remainder of the season with an ACL injury that she suffered in the Port win. And this is all after kicking the opening goal of the game. So she started the game incredibly well. But unfortunately, only uh, just a short time after that, uh, she had that horrible injury, which uh, scans have confirmed that she's done an ACL. And Amy Sh Amy Schmidt, she wasn't available for the weekend's game due to delayed concussion symptoms. Unfortunately for West Coast in regards to the game at hand, it was one step back after last week's positive result. Our West Coast, they were defeated by Gold Coast 2-2-14 to 7-5-47. They didn't score a goal until the last quarter, and they conceded five goals over the first three terms. The key stat was, and very similar to Fremantle, uh, it was a 21% inside 50 efficiency, uh, up against Gold Coast 42%. Uh, they lost the clearances, and they uh, both the clearances, and they also lost stoppage clearances by 13. Uh, but in a slight positive, um, there was a big improvement from last week. They won the tackles by eight. So well done for that nice positive and that was something that I did need to improve but again like obviously it's not five percent it's much better than five percent from a free mantle perspective but 21 percent inside 50 efficiency it's not up to standard and getting killed in the clearances that means the ball's not going your way you're not winning um you know the, the balls that are in the middle and not even just in the middle just around the ground when you've got ball ups you're not winning those clearances you're not able to get uh get that contest get the winning ball and kick it into your forward 50. Uh, Emma Swanson and Dana Hooker were again the standouts. Uh, Emma Swanson had 17 disposals and 10 tackles, while Dana Hooker had 17 disposals and 8 tackles. So they're going to have to regroup pretty quickly. Uh, their next game is against a second newcoming team. So obviously they played Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide the week before and got the chocolates. So they're hoping that they'll be able to do the same thing against Essendon at Mineral Resources Park at 4.10pm Western Standard Time. So that's it from a AFLW perspective. Uh, let's now move on to um, great and terrific news from Perth Heat perspective. So on to the Heat. It's a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back. And Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot. And the Perth Heat scoot ahead 2-0. And he's left this one out. And yes, Glenn great news indeed from a Perth Heat perspective. And uh, the, this was announced actually last week, huh? but we sort of, we didn't have too much to sort of talk about the Perth Heat. But not much else has happened last week anyway, so we're just going ahead with it. Uh, two icons of Australian baseball will, will finish their careers at the Heat. They have both signed lifetime deals. So Tim Kennelly and Warwick Sopold. Uh, Tim Kennelly, he began in 2006 at the Perth Heat. And Warwick Sopold, uh, he started in 2010. So massive, they they have signed a lifetime deal to stay with the Perth Heat until and when they do finish their careers. And just lastly, on the Perth Heat, the Heat begin their Claxon Shield campaign on Friday, November 11, at Empire Ballpark versus Adelaide Giants. So in a couple of months' time, we will be back at the Empire Ballpark in Thornley. Very excited uh, myself. I'll I'll be heading it out heading out there to see a couple of games. Um, but yeah. Obviously, uh, all of those fixtures, uh, they've been up on our socials for a couple of weeks now, so don't be afraid to check in with them, and hopefully tickets will come out and be available in due course if they haven't already. So that's it from a Perth Heat perspective. Now let's move on to the round ball game and talk a little bit of glory.
So as reported last week, um, but it was actually confirmed and reported last week in in our Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap episode, uh, and it was confirmed that the Perth Glory will unfortunately be kicked out of HBF Park for their first nine home games and be unable to return until March with delays to the $35 million stadium redevelopment for next year's Women's World Cup still occurring and still happening. And the alternative at Arena Joondalup, however, needs a temporary stand extra lighting and ground resurfacing um, in regards to be up to the A-League standard. And this would have a knock-on effect on Waffle Club West Perth and their pre-season training program. So there's lots to sort out there. Um, as you well know, uh, the Perth Glory had another pre-season hit out against a state team. So they played last week, I think it was Thursday, they had a nil-all draw with Inglewood United. Bruno Fawn or all in a positive, he did get to start the game. Um, but they had just over 20 players take the field to get plenty of run into their legs. So uh, they had a 4-0 win previously, uh, only a nil-all draw, but that's okay. I don't think it's really alarm bells or anything to be concerned or worried about. Uh, it's purely just a, just a case of getting run into the legs, uh, You know, building on their gameplay, their game style, getting used to playing alongside one another, uh, you know, playing to each other's strengths, who's a left footer, who's a right footer, uh, You know, get, getting those runs... Uh, timed in regards to strikers and your crosses and all that kind of stuff so only positives uh, that seem to have come out and touch wood no major injuries which is another good thing that's the last thing you want bringing in all these new players and getting serious injuries so good things from the glory uh in regards to on on pitch but of course uh, terrible news off pitch um with with them not being able to play at uh, HBF Park, um, we knew that there was going to be a couple of games uh, that, that they would miss out, but not this many. So it's kind of a watch this space and we'll wait to see what alternatives are put forward and go from there. Uh, for now, we're going to leave the glory and we're going to move on to a, an oval-shaped ball. And I'm talking about the Western Force. Stowers giving it the Ralston! Transit to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brikey gets it down to McGregor, Jack McGregor! All right, so another new signing, great news, and his name is Felix Kalapu, who can play as a second rower and a back rower, on, and a sign on a long-term deal. Yet to confirm how many years that actually is, but uh, we do know that it's a long-term deal. Uh, he joins from Major League Rugby team Old Glory DC in the United States, and is currently playing for Auckland in the National Provincial Championships. So welcome to you, Felix. Welcome to the Western Force. Welcome to the Sea of Blue. Excuse me. And they've also appointed Will Eggleston as the defensive coach for the next two seasons. He actually joins the force from Japan Rugby League one side, Toyota Veriblitz, who ha and he's been an assistant there since 2019, where he coincidentally enough worked with former All Blacks coach and director of rugby Steve Hansen, and more importantly, and now current force coach Simon Cron. So Simon Cron, understandably, is uh, finding his people and bringing them in, people that he feels familiar with, people that he knows um, you know, will be able to implement his style of coaching and his sort of plan, program, and style of play. So th for mine, that, that, that always happens whenever you have new coaches come in. They want to bring familiarity around them and people that they trust and they know. Uh, just quick, quickly, and lastly, on Will Eggleston, he's coached for a decade in both the Northern Hemisphere, the Shoot Shield, which is in New South Wales, and of course, Japan most recently. 
Uh, but that's it from a Western Force perspective. Okay, so we're going to move on from them and come back later on when we have a bit more information. But of course, with their season starting a little bit later on, there's not too much to touch base for now. Okay, so that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That was a very, very quick, short, and sharp WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, the Season 2, sorry, Season 2, Episode 48. I uh, hope that you're all informed, you're ready to go, and, you know, you, you got your AFLW fix and got to hear a little bit more about some of our WA domestic sporting teams and how they're going in their off seasons. But if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. But when you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you on board, ladies and gentlemen. And we look forward to touching base with all of our teams in the WA Domestic Sporting scene next week.